As a teenager, you were controlled and confined by what others demanded and expected of you. In your 20s, you were consumed by what others thought of you. In your 30s, you realized you were still conflicted by what you truly thought of yourself. But now, in your 40s and beyond, it's finally time to live fearlessly, fabulously, and fully you. Let's go. Hey sis, welcome to In the Middle with Myra, and I'm your host, Myra Rollins. Hey y'all, what's up? If you are listening to this episode, it is because you have already listened to episode two. This is episode 2B, and just to remind you of how In the Middle with Myra works, the um, vast majority of all of our episodes are structured to only be about 20 minutes. And if and when we have content that extends beyond that, we will post it the next day, which is Tuesday, in its unedited raw form. So um, I implore you first, implore was a strong word, I encourage you to listen to the first um, episode, episode two. And if this is an area where you need to dig deeper, then come back to episode 2B and Shandria gives you some just amazing insights and encouragement on um, just tools and perspective on navigating a difficult relationship with your mother. So enjoy if you continue to listen to Shandria Riddick and all her pearls of wisdom. Hi, Myra. Thank you. I'm doing well. I'm so glad. What I wanted you to do first is just to tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Thank you. I am a licensed uh, counselor in Capel, Texas. I've been a therapist for about 20 years, been in the mental health field for about 20 something years, um, married for 20 something years, <laughs> um, been a mom for 20 years. Um, so I've been doing this life thing for a while. Um, Mary, three children, one college age, one about to graduate, and one middle school. So uh, very busy, but loving all of it. Yeah, sounds like you have some street cred in a couple of areas. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, so I heard you mention that you have like a man child in your house right now, a oh. hormone teenager, oh. and a hyper teenage boy. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. All of that, all of that, this, this kid who went off to college and now he's home and, and we trying to have to parent transitioning from parenting a child to parenting an adult, which is a huge difference. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I'll bring you back another day for that conversation. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So I definitely heard you mention that you have a daughter and that's kind of what we're talking about today. So As I have conversations with women, um, 40, 50, 60, it is just amazing to me that I hear that there's a common thread that we are still um, navigating difficulties with our mothers. And, you know, often we think about that just in the confines of, oh, it's a teenager, but this just goes way beyond that. And so in your experience, do you see the mother-daughter relationship like common problem? that you see in your practice? Yes. I think that mother relationship with her kid, whether boy or girl, in in the very beginning, it's really important that first establishment of attachment and identity um, and value and things like that are very important. And 
many of us, when we get to a certain age, when we reach in and dig around and look for those things, we then realize that because of the relationship with our moms, especially women, because of that relationship, we realize that we are, we don't, we are deficient in some of the things. Mm. And because of that deficiency or because of whatever problems that's created over our lives, um, it's caused a lot of other areas in our lives to suffer. So yes, I do see women coming into my office for certain problems. And then sometimes we can go all the way back and look at that mother daughter relationship. Mm -hmm. So I heard you say, especially women. So do you see that the relationship of having a troubled relationship with your mother affects women differently or more than what it does a son? Yes, it's different. Um, But I I can say that because of the similarities that we have, um, that we face as women and the places we have to go in our lives and the roles that we've taken, that it it is far more impactful. That mother-daughter relationship is far more impactful just because of the similarities, Mm -hmm. because we can see ourselves in our mothers and our mothers can see themselves in us. Wow. So it is far more impactful than it is with the son. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, you know, it seems that like that mother-daughter relationship is like core or instinctive and innate. So when you talk to women about this, do you see that there is an element of like self-blame to where what was wrong with me that this like innate instinctive thing my mom didn't have for me? Yes. And that starts at the beginning. It's so interesting that you asked that because at the beginning in our relationships, our parents give us certain definitions of our place in the world and our value in the world. And so when your mother does not validate your place and your value in the world, the only thing that you have to measure that by is yourself. You don't Mm -hmm. know the complexity of the environment around you. So what you normally do is go into yourself and blame, well, there must be something wrong with me that I'm not validated, that my mother didn't say hi to me. We don't transfer that and say, well, some, my mother's having a bad day. Maybe she didn't he- see me or hear me. Right. We use that opportunity and we use us as a reference point, which is what most children do. They use themselves because it's all they know. Um, and we call that egocentric. So they use themselves as a reference. And so everything is out of there. So it becomes your fault that you're not valuable or your fault that your mother didn't connect with you or your fault because she treated someone else better than she treated you. Mm -hmm. And so speaking of treating others better than you, like how would one process like a mom having a good relationship with my other siblings, but then I am the one that is singled out and has the most, for lack of a better term, drama with my mom? As far as now or as a child, right now, Mm -hmm. I think um, it, you kind of have to go back and read, decide some of the value things that you've placed, uh, some decisions you make as far as your value with you and your mother. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we still relate to our parents in a childlike manner. So whatever place our, they, we were placed when we were children, we continue to uh, maneuver in that place. Our relationship is still there. 
So now that we're adult women, we have to go back and redecide our place. Wow. And we may have to make different decisions about what that looks like. It may not be that my, my mother values the relationship with my other siblings. It may be that they learned how to speak her language, mm-hmm. right? That they may have they may speak the same language or they may have more similarities than I do. Mm-hmm. Or it may be that um, I may have to just establish boundaries and protect myself and decide how I'm going to engage with my mother. Mm-hmm. We can't continue through life and leave the responsibility of the relationships primarily on the mother. Because if that's the case, then we will continue to have these tumultuous relationships, not excusing them for whatever the, you know, the, the insufficiencies are, but taking responsibility for our role and how we are going to navigate it from here on out. Right. And that is so key. And I hear you saying that. But what also comes to my mind is what if like the mom genuinely did not fulfill her role like what if there was Mm -hmm. just abuse or the mom was absent and so now the mom let's just say doesn't even recognize or acknowledge her deficiencies in the treatment of the daughter as when she was a child well that is um unfortunate and it happens more often than um most of most of us realize some of um, the clients that I've come across that I've had the opportunity to have in my office, um, that is very common. And what I've norm- what I normally uh, say to that is you still get to choose your relationship. Mm-hmm. You have to be okay within yourself. You cannot hinge your own psychological well-being on the decision of someone else. Wow. Because it isn't acknowledged doesn't mean it it doesn't exist. You still know that existed. So what happens after that is yours. You cannot wait for her to acknowledge it or accept it and accept the responsibility for it and then um, try to restore that relationship. You can't expect that from them. What you can do in the process is establish your boundaries, decide where you end and where she begins and go from there. Establish your own clear boundaries and how that relationship is going to go forward. But you cannot wait for her to accept that and to say, I'm sorry, I did this, I want to make it better. Some moms will do that, but sometimes because of their own pain or their own unwillingness to acknowledge it or their own stubbornness, they will not get to that place of vulnerability and say, it was my fault. They're not going to do that. So we as women cannot wait for that to happen. We have to decide from the standpoint, um, from our own standpoint, where they begin, where we begin and they end, mm-hmm. period. Period. Wow. Mm-hmm. So then the, you know, you spoke of boundaries. So with other toxic people in my life, like, hey, listen, I don't have time for it. I'm 40, no drama, you know. Right. I have no problem, quote unquote, writing people off who do not add value to my life and who are toxic. But with my mom, Mm -hmm. I just can't do that. So what does it look like practically to draw boundaries with my mom who still may be toxic or just overall just negative and unhealthy right now? Yeah, I I, I agree. I I think that, you know, uh, 
I would never ask anyone to, to ex their mother out of their life unless it's abusive or combative or y'all get together, you put your hands on each other. <laughs> but that, that relationship is, is, is uh, one that I, you, you know, you kind of have to learn how to navigate that. But when it comes to boundaries, when someone who is still toxic or, you know, that you still have the issue with, um, the boundaries I mean um, involve you decide what conversations that you have or if you're going to pick up the phone when they call or you decide how much how involved you are. Um, it doesn't mean that you that you have to always, you know, go on these shopping trips and trips and, you know, travel together because you're trying to establish this relationship with someone who's toxic. What that means is you decide what your level of contact and what your level of communication is going to be. Mm-hmm. There are certain conversations that I know I cannot have with my own mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't have those conversations. And so are there certain opinions I don't ask? Right, right. You know, are there are certain things that I don't invite because there's an understanding of the boundaries that I have to place on that relationship. So you have to decide at what level of communication and contact you want to have with them in your life. Mm-hmm. That's great. And so what are some common issues or like manifestations of having um, troubled mother and daughter relationships that you see as commonalities amongst women? Um, a lot of uh, a lack of the ability to connect emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of women um, lack in their ability to be authentic in female relationships they're really not trusting in some of those areas and uncertainty about their own place, um, Mm -hmm. where they stand in different relationships, um, not knowing their value, their worth, because it was never spoken into them. So sometimes um, looking for other uh, ways to feel validated outside of themselves. So I mean that what I'm meaning is they get into relationships and they're looking to the other person to validate them. They don't come validated. So um, and that and and that um, fear of being vulnerable in relationships, you know, you weren't taught that vulnerability can be healthy in relationships because you were never allowed to do that. And your mom never did that with you. So being cautious in that and always having this cover um, is very common. Always having this this outside shell, um, mm-hmm. presenting yourself with this shell, and um, not allowing people to get close. So you know, Ian Levenzant, fixing people's life, always saying, "Do the work." So, what does it look like <laughs> to do the work when it comes to I lack authenticity and I have fear of vulnerability and I don't make close connections? Like, what are some things that I can do if I recognize that as you know some of my residual baggage? Well, one, go to counseling. You know, I was going to say that you, you got to go. <laughs> we gonna drop your um, all your right. social media hashtags at the end. <laughs> yes, go to counseling. You know, doctors don't operate on themselves. You know, you can't, wow. there, there is a limit to what you can do on your own. You can read all the books. You can fill out all the personality assessments. You can make a checklist. You can say all of the affirmations, mm-hmm. but this is some work that you can't do on your own. You cannot be your own gauge. Our tendency in any situation is what we call the pleasure principle, which is you seek pleasure and avoid pain. So whenever you go too far, 
and you feel like, okay, well, that's good enough. Um, what happens when you have someone else to help process that with you is that they'll pull you a little further because it takes you to a place of discomfort and only in discomfort most of the time change is made. It's not when everything's okay and it's not, not when you can just kind of say, okay, I did enough of that. I said an mm-hmm. affirmation a day for you know three months and now I'm okay. But you need someone there to kind of process that and question those things that feel normal to you. Wow. You know, mm-hmm. question so, those things that feel normal to you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so it's it's important to have someone else to process that go and, and not go through your childhood to blame someone else. But we really need to we look at your childhood and in, in that origin because we need to figure out where um, some of these habits and things started. So not to place blame, but just to kind of figure out where the root is. And a lot of times it's when we were in our formative years, when we were younger in our teenage years, we kind of have to look at what kind of decisions we made about ourselves. So doing that on your own um, does not get you the progress or the, you know, getting to that place of being strong and confident and feeling capable where you are. It's just hard Mm -hmm. to do that. Um, you just, it's just like you know working out that's why it's always good to work out with someone a little a level above you because you're not going to push yourself that extra mile or that extra step right when it gets that right. uncomfortable right mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so another question what if I'm just over it like what if I'm not mad I I feel that I've forgiven but it's just that it's been it's been a lifelong journey of this that you can stay over there, mom, and I can stay over here. Like, can you truly forgive someone and have that mentality? Yeah, you can forgive someone and you and you can forgive them. It doesn't mean that you can, you know, you need to have negative uh, feelings or need that doesn't mean that you need to be all positive and invite them in your life, especially if they're still toxic. You can forgive someone and they can stay in their corner and you can stay in yours and still be okay. But like I said before, you get to, you get to choose what level of relationship that you have. Mm-hmm. You get to choose that. Now, on this side, we can say, yes, I'm done with that. You know, she can stay over there. I can stay over here. However, life doesn't always work that way. <laughs> and right. so whatever decision that you make, you need to make sure, one, that you can live with that decision now. So, you know, if something, if, you know, deciding how, what level of interaction you're, you're going to have with them, make sure that is, that is an authentic decision. But also, if something were to happen and your mom's no longer there, make sure that the decision you make is still will be okay then. Mm. Because a lot of times we have these emotions and, and they're heightened when they're around. But once our mothers die or they get sick, um, then we go into the regret that we didn't do what we what we could have done in the moment. Exactly. So you kind of have to make sure that 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 decision that you're making is valid, both life and death and in sickness and in health. Mm-hmm. That you are really doing, that you are doing your work and you're not requiring them to do all the work. That you still have to do your work, like Yanla says. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And, you know, it seems that in death, and you can tell me if you've seen this in your ex- professional experience, that the person that dies, they become extremes. They become either all bad are all good so it's tougher to do the work after the person is gone because you're sifting through those extremes of the perceptions 
Yes, that is so true. You is something about how we remember things mm-hmm. um, usually are more intensified um, in the absence of the other person. You know, it's just like, you know, when you, you know, when I remember uh, most clients come and they say, man, I just, you know, we, we were together and then we broke up. And I just remember all those great times we had and I got <laughs> back together with that person. <laughs> got back together with that person oh my gosh now I remember so yes the absence of that person does intensify a history however but still those things are still really important that you really have to remember the relationship and then remember what you want to how you want to honor that relationship or how you want to be involved in giving that relationship it's really important and sometimes that's absent of all of the extremes of really, really, really great and really, really, really bad. Exactly. That was so great. Mm -hmm. And so as women of 40 and beyond, and we still are working through the residual baggage of our own mother-daughter relationship, what are some watch outs or tips that you would give us to make sure that we don't, you know, um, put any of those, that negative energy or repeat those patterns with our own daughters? Well, one, you have to remember that you were a daughter and it's always important to remember your own experience. That's number one. Number two, you have to remember that just your your responsibility in your daughter's lives, she will hold you to the same accountability that you hold your mother. Mm. So what she gives and, and what you give her and what she walks away with. She's going to look to you for that. So you make sure that you are, one, doing what you want it to <laughs> be done to you, um, but understand the importance of your role with her. So that means understanding that she is a, a separate person with her own needs. She is not your experience. She is your daughter, but her experiences are not yours. And so un- valuing her individuality is very, very important. And also understanding that her experiences are different um, and celebrate her experiences, but don't assume your tendencies are hers. Mm. So just like, you know, you had your mother, she has you. So, but that does not mean that her tendencies are yours. So just because she's going out and she's with, with a guy and she's on a date doesn't mean she's going to do the same thing that you did when you were on a date with a guy. <laughs> also, <laughs> also having the understanding um, that she is on the date with a guy and your wisdom, you have to kind of go from that aspect of being there as a resource for her because you've been there before. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the pool and, you know, the experience of that. So being a resource at the same time, um, but you don't always put your struggles and what your fears are on her. That's so good. Yeah. That's so great. So what would you say to the woman who is um, just fearful of even being a mother just because she had um just such a tumultuous relationship with her own mom and she's just like because I had no roadmap uh, or no example Mm -hmm. I don't even want to do it oh man I that breaks my heart because I think one of the things that we all do is that we don't even the hard things that we've gone through we don't turn that around and then use that as wisdom Mm -hmm. we kind of revel in the hurt of all of that 
and um, we don't get to the, to the place where we can process it and heal from it because we can still, you know, all things work together for good. Mm-hmm. All things work together for good. So we can use those things as a, a, a resource for wisdom. Now you know what it feels like to be hurt. Now you know what it feels like to go through all of that and you've processed that. So wisdom is now you know, you know, that there is a need to have a a, a good bond with your daughter. So if someone was absent in your life, you know, to be present in theirs. Mm-hmm. And so if you didn't have, if you had a mother that was critical of you, now you can, you know, you can find the difference or learn the difference between correcting and then critic, uh, uh, criticizing them. There's a difference of correction and criticism. Exactly. So, um, but it, it can be a place of wisdom and a place that you can kind of start with far more information um, of where not to go. And the, the wonderful part is that in your navigation of being a mother, that um, just the wonder of learning your, your daughter and going where she needs you to go, as opposed to, you know, have these preset ideas of what it should be and what it can't be. Oh, I love you know, that. The wonder of learning has, her. And I think that yes. just um, gives her so much more room to blossom and be who she is, as opposed to us pulling her in the direction that we want her to go. Exactly. And I, I think a lot of us do that because we do parent out of fear. And, and if anybody says that they don't, they're not telling the truth. <laughs> All of us parent out of fear because um, we know what this world is like. Exactly. Um, but learning who your child is and what they need and parent from that aspect is completely different. Mm. This was so good. I think that one of the most impactful things you said that is still just like repeating in my mind is just like, don't hinge your psychological well-being on someone else, even if it yes. is your mom. Wow. Even if it's your mom. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just think that it just boils down to expectations. Like, you know, we have valid expectations of our mom's role in our lives. And when she is incapable or refuses to do that it's almost as if we're stuck until she fixes it but you're saying don't wait on that because they may never that may never occur they may never occur and then in that there are so many reasons why people are stunted emotionally um and sometimes we always see our parents in this this role that's all knowing and they're always going to do the right thing. And they're always going to be that person. We need them to be a hundred percent of the time, but as an adult and we go from that parent child relationships to a parent adult child relationships, we see them as people, they are broken. Mm. And sometimes our parent, we, we surpass our parents sometimes in emotional maturity. And so you you, you can't you don't that's you that's the wisdom is that you don't the tell mouth. them you don't tell them you don't tell them <laughs> but you outgrow them emotional emotionally so having to provide space in the relationship for them not to always have to be that person that 100% all the time and always be mm-hmm. intact because in children when we're children they have that position in our lives as adults you know, we have to see them for who they are. And sometimes our parents cannot always right, be right. our all. 
and they have their own things that they deal that they deal with. And sometimes is that their emotional maturity mm-hmm. is stunted. And you know, when you look at just and that's unfortunate. Yeah, the difference what it is times like the resources that we have as women that weren't available to our mothers, um, just the cultural differences and issues that are available to us whether it be physical or just emotional resources that our that our moms did not have so yes given- yes and the dynamic giving them the space to be that way because we're going to mm-hmm. want the space because our children are far more in tuned to technology and, and the, the pace of that the world is going that we have stopped to some extent we don't go as mm-hmm. fast as they're going so eventually they're going to outweigh us with knowledge, information, and ability. So we, ha- we are going to expect that room from them, just like, <laughs> you know, our parent, we need to give that room to our own parents to just still be who they are, but not always expect them to be at the same level and capacity mm-hmm. that we are. It doesn't di- dismin- diminish value. But it just allows you to understand where they are so you can continue that flow of communication and um, and give that grace that ev- everybody exactly. needs in relationship. And so just one general question before. Mm-hmm. What is the role of an adult mother um, in, in, as they navigate that? Like as I'm 40 and 50 and 80, like what, what becomes the role of that? 80 year old mom or that 60 year old mom oh wow um mainly as far as from the 80 year old perspective usually I think 80 year olds are far more um relaxed in their relationship with with their daughters they respect them as mothers and wives and and their grandmothers some of you know some of us are grandmothers um, so it's more relaxed. And um, from from the daughter perspective, we do become mm-hmm. caretakers again. But um, caretaking and giving them the dignity, dignity that they deserve. Um, and then from the 80 year old perspective, honoring and also respecting the place that the daughters are in their lives, that they are, you know, not expecting them to just, you know, be their everything and understanding that their daughter has a life and respecting that. So it, it's kind of on both ends, respect from both places and honoring the, the, the place so of good. both people. You um, brought up something that um, mm-hmm. made me think of something else. I thought it was my last question, but if you did not have a great relationship with your mom and it still hasn't been mended, but then you are now put in the place of a caretaker, speak to that woman who is struggling with that. If you were looking in that relationship, if you're trying to get um, nourishment and positive regard and anything like that in that relationship, that's an effort and futility and that's an irrational expectation, which leads to constant Mm -hmm. frustration. If that relationship has always been negative, it's always been combative, the expectation then cannot now be um, now it should be positive or now I should expect validation or now I, I should mm-hmm. expect appreciation. So uh, being authentic and real about what that relationship is, 
that it, it, it is uncomfortable to you. Acknowledge that. It, it is something that you're doing out of obligation and love, not necessarily that you really, really want to be there. Acknowledge that. If you acknowledge that, that's where grace and mercy comes in. That's where you go because of you want them to be okay. I love my mother. I, I don't want to see a suffer. So I'm being there because of that, not because I'm going there yeah. to get validation from her or to have this great conversation it's because I love her and I know that I'm the one that need that that is there and need to take care of her and I want to make sure that she's okay I'm not going to get validation or anything and that's what I mentioned earlier about boundaries knowing how far you can go is really important because if not you step over into an area and you start expecting things from people exactly so given you you're that. pretty much saying put boundaries not on just behavior and interaction but putting boundaries on your expectations mm. expectations yes as a word exactly. <laughs> <laughs> wow so and you know though we are specifically talking about mother and daughter relationships this could be just applied to any relationship so this was really golden i appreciate it so much and just to, you know, again, you know, you, you give these sound bites of things and I'm just going to go back after this and write down the last thing that you said that just stuck out to me was that understanding that we may emotionally surpass our parents and giving them that grace to understand that that is likely going to be the scenario. So, yes, ma'am. I'll, yep. Whew. Okay. Well, Miss Shindri, I so, so appreciate you. And I just wanted to give you the floor to do any wrap up resources, um, tell people about your own practice and anything you wanted to leave our listeners with. Hey, thanks again for joining me for episode number two um, of In the Middle with Myra. And just remember that it is not just about information. I want to layer this with practical, practical, practical. So each day this week, when you visit the Facebook group, you will get either another video or a self-assessment tool or some way to practically implement the information that Shandria shared with us today. So make sure to sign up for the Facebook group in the middle with Myra and also visit the website at myrarobbins.com. And also, as always, just remember that getting older with style and grace ain't easy, but somebody got to do it. Why not us? Why not you? And choose to make it a great day.